Hello. My name is Stephen Platt. Thank you very much for downloading this episode of the Cinema Catch-Up Club. For more information about this and other projects, please visit www.thoughtjarproductions.com. That's www.thoughtjarproductions.com. We can also be found at Thoughtjar Productions on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Be sure to subscribe to this program on iTunes and on Spotify, and please tell your friends about this show. And now, for this week's episode... Hello everyone, and welcome to the Cinema Catch-Up Club. My name is Stephen Platt, thank you very much for downloading this week's episode. This week, we mark the 30th anniversary of the release of Robocop. That's right, Robocop is turning 30, and as we revisit the despotic and crime-ridden city of Detroit, whether that's fact or fiction, I'm not entirely sure, uh, we have two people to review this film with me, one person who has seen the film, and one person who has not. Our person who has seen the film and making his debut is Mr. Luke Jago. Luke, welcome to the show. Hello, Steve. Big fan. Thanks. And uh, just tell the folks at home a little bit about uh, who you are and what you do. Uh, well, uh, I'm an actor and I do a lot of role play scenarios for training situations um, and also teach a bit of film on the side, but generally a massive film buff. Excellent. And uh, you, you actually brought your own copy of Robocop for I, this. I, I did, just in case in case uh, you might have gone down the DVD route. Mm. And I, I brought a Blu-ray just in case you had the facilities to play that. And, and I'm really glad I did. Thank you, Steve. You're, you're most welcome. And joining us as our person who hasn't seen the film, uh, making her debut as well, is Jess Serio. Jess, welcome to the show. Hi, Stephen. Thank you. And just tell the folks at home a little bit about who you are and what you do as well. Um, well, I'm a student at Murdoch University, and I do a lot of theatre there. I'm a huge theatre and film buff. And I've seen heaps and heaps and heaps, but this has been one that I've been meaning to watch for years. So we'll start with uh, yourself then, Jess. Um, what do you actually know about Robocop in general? Very, very little. Uh, I'm aware that there, it was remade recently mm-hmm. with Gary Oldman. I know it's something to do with a cop dying and being made into a cyborg or something like that. Mm-hmm. Puts a bucket on his head and goes and fights crime. Yep. And that's about as much yeah. as I know. Bang on. Yeah, that sounds about right, doesn't it, Jager? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's absolutely bang on. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Excellent. Bucket on the head. And uh, for yourself, Luke, obviously, uh, when, when was the last time you saw this version of the film? Uh, probably a week ago. Really? Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was... <laughs> I love it. I love mm. this movie. Uh, it's just it's so extreme and um, in 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 the best possible way, and uh, which you know we'll we'll get into later on. But um, yeah, I just love it. It's a great ride, and um, yeah, big fan. Excellent. So yes, uh, directed by Paul Verhoeven. Uh, I believe yes. this was his Hollywood debut. His, his first Hollywood movie. Mm. Yeah. Yes. Um, after Flesh and Blood, I think he did with Rutger Hauer and and stuff. Well, I could be wrong, but yeah. Okay. But, um, cool. but yeah. yeah, no, he, this is his first American film, and I think I believe his personal favourite of his American films. Mm, so but, yeah. Well, he has certainly spoken about it glowingly uh, since then, and uh, well, he would. Yeah, yeah and it, yeah. it is interesting um, looking back on this film now that it's turned thirty. Obviously, this was made and released wow. in nineteen eighty-seven. Yeah. Um, some of the key concepts about um, technology becoming increasingly a part of 
people's lives, becoming a part of the police force, and the concept of the city of Detroit going bankrupt. They're all things that have actually happened uh, since then. So it it is interesting that this film could be viewed as markedly prescient, uh, as well as being a romping good blood and gore fest. Yeah, well put. I completely agree. Excellent. So uh, without further ado, shall we watch the film? Let's do it. All right, (laughs) Uh, guys, uh, get your... Blu-ray editions out and pop them in your Blu-ray players. Um, You'd certainly buy that for a dollar. And join us in just a moment as we review Robocop. Welcome back, everybody. So we've just finished watching Robocop. I'm joined again by Luke. Hello. And Jess. Hello. Okay, guys, what did we think of Robocop? Well, I want to hear Jess's point of view because, um, yeah, I just want to see if it's it's as fresh as it ever was today. It's absolutely brutal. Yeah. Yeah, it's brilliant. That's a great word to to sum it up. Uh, Brutal. This is a brutal, gory, bloody film. Yeah. Uh, Definitely deserving of its R rating. It's impressive. Mm. Yep. Mm. Um, So, as a a first-time viewer, um, is it a good film, do you think? Just just in general, uh, is it a good or, at the very least, enjoyable? Oh, it's very enjoyable. Mm. Very enjoyable. I can see why people give it so much hype, Mm. if you know what I mean. I've heard a lot about it, but now I can see why. Mm. Just so good. And Jago, for you, obviously, going back into it, uh, having having been a whole week since you last yeah, watched exactly. it. Yeah, exactly. Well, in its entirety, probably a couple of years. But yeah, definitely. I mean, sometimes I'll just chuck it on just to watch that first uh, boardroom scene, which mm. is, um, you know, a classic, which we'll get into. Mm. But um, I mean, yeah, it never gets old for me. It's great. It's just great filmmaking all around it. I don't think it's dated. Is it just that the themes have remained universal, uh, more, more so than anything else? Well, they're classic themes um, all the way through it. I mean, it's kind of it's romanticising the police officer, you know, is something that I think he does with the military and Starship Troopers. This is kind of like a, hmm. you know, like a spiritual prequel to Starship Troopers in a way, um, just with the similar things going on as far as... Um, you know, yeah, the romanticising of the, the, the police and the military and then also the humour and, you know, the advertisements and things like that. Mm. But um, but I think more so it hasn't dated just on just pure filmmaking techniques. Like, yeah. just the camera work, it's in the editing, it's still really fast and fresh. And mm. just from that aspect of it, um, I think it just it holds up against any kind of action movie that you could see today. Um, yeah, yeah. And I, I think it's interesting that you bring up um, the the adverts and particularly the news bulletins, which which pepper the film because we start yeah. in a news bulletin, um, uh, essentially giving us the the go on what's happening in near future um, America, specifically Detroit, where this film is set, um, and the fact that uh, things are not good. Uh, this is a very crime-ridden mm. world, Detroit, uh, or old Detroit, as uh, the fil- where the film is mostly set, is, is, yeah. uh, has an issue with crime, uh, and it's it, it does feel very it, it, uh, even though the film holds up in a lot of respects, it does feel very of its time, it does feel very like, this was made in the last years of Reagan's yeah, presidency, Reagan era. Yeah. and it yeah. does feel very um, the issue is the crime, not the causes of crime. That that kind of thing, like the yeah. whole uh, drug war and, and things yeah, like that. Exactly, yeah, exactly the way they're pushing that. But it's mm. yeah, 
the, the whole corporate element and the corporate corruption thing it's mm. just um yeah it is yeah old themes but um yeah it's it works so well yeah and, this, and it, this movie. it does seem to be something that is um pervasive throughout this film it is looking at these uh capitalistic ideals particularly the whole greed is good not only is greed good greed yeah. is encouraged mm. um and we see that in the the adverts jess i mean what, what did you think of them the various adverts the things like nukem the family board game and things like that very old school mm. it's very back when war was still romanticized and yeah. they were still like let's that. go to war kids mm. you know that sort of thing so it was it's very politically incorrect now but well, Back then it's just. I guess that was the different the times. Point. I guess, yeah. yeah. It's. It, I think they, he's taking great pleasure in kind of satirizing the whole love of war and mm. nuking other countries yeah. and just or the whole family can get involved, you mm. know. And oh god, I, I just love, love it. I think it's hilarious. And and the use of gore in particular. I mean, we we our first sort of real gory introduction is that boardroom meeting yeah. where um, the poor assistant is testing out uh, the ED two oh nine. Yes. Pointing the gun at him, and then uh, he has twenty seconds to comply and then doesn't comply because of a glitch in the program yeah. <laughs> um, and, and is obliterated he is eviscerated yeah it is amazing use of blood squibs hmm. in that scene and yeah. it happens continuously throughout the film and it, it i mean we we don't really see gore in the same way in films these days no. we, we still get gory no. things in film and in, now in tv as well with things like the walking dead and game of thrones use gore but i feel as though they use it more um, more more out specific. of more out of horror yeah, than it's more out specific of to the genre yeah, right? than, yeah than out of like oh cool like and this film was yeah. very much full of oh cool yeah. type attitudes towards gore not just people being blown apart but like um, when Officer Murphy has his hand blown off um, yeah. when we see uh, one of the Clarence's goons uh, melt when he gets covered in the toxic <laughs> so waste good. Oh, brutal <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but it, but it is interesting, and um, I, I suppose that's one of the things that comes up when watching this film and films from this era is is there an issue with schlocky gore necessarily? Like like is is there a reason why it's no longer in favour? I guess in- I think it's because they um, most hollywood films now they're they're trying to cater to the largest audience obviously and um kids make up a big part of that audience Mm. and and uh just and i was just talking about the remake of robocop Mm. and i was saying that how it's just um really it's it's more of a kids film you know Mm. compared to this one where it's clearly for adults to enjoy um because of the extreme nature of the violence and that's something that we've definitely lost for definitely for purely action films which is what Hmm. Robocop is it's it's an action Hmm. movie, it's a cop crime action movie Hmm. using this over the top violence which you don't really see I mean other than maybe things like John Wick and Hmm. things like that which are very catered to a very small demographic I think of you Hmm. know dads or you know just general action fans yeah although um, I I would just thinking of comparisons uh, of of recent R-rated films that I've seen that have gore uh, and the one that pops to mind is Deadpool which was an R-rated comic book film and we you know we saw all sorts of things like uh, Deadpool cuts his own hand off at one point to Mm. break out a situation we see him shoot three guys in the head using one bullet we see all these very gory things but to me as a viewer they didn't that that felt more comic booky than what we mm. saw just now in RoboCop. Whereas a lot of RoboCop, even though it's it's super heightened, 
uh, my feeling was that that gore was more shocking than the gore that was prevalent in a more recent film like Deadpool. What do you think, Jess? Yeah, I think Deadpool, if it was made in that time and it was made the same way, it would be rated PG and it would be shown to kids Mm. in comparison to what we just saw. Mm. It's the the gore in um, Robocop sort of eclipses the gore in Deadpool. Mm. And I I don't think it's out of place. I think it is actually... Mm. I think Paul Verhoeven has made a good choice in using that because it it creates real punctuation mm. uh physical punctuation within the scenes yeah, um and yeah. creates this it, it creates this image of robocop as a badass um yeah. and 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 also the fact that the people he's dealing with are nasty um, pieces uh, of work yeah. dangerous people that yeah. have to be taken off the streets yeah. like that is the the point of it, I think, and yeah. I, I think it also helps explain that at the start of the film, when we're introduced to uh, Officer Murphy, when he's transferred to uh, the police department that he uh, will be working in for the rest of the film, um, I, I think it's interesting that we see a much more militarized police force than than is usual, e- even nowadays. Even though we have got an increased militarization yeah. in the American police it's force, there, isn't it? Yeah. Um, it, it's it felt much more militarised and also an interesting thing was that it felt like a much more androgynous police force. The locker room mm. scene yeah. I think very intentional by Verhoeven which mm. I think he explored to a greater extent in Starship Troopers. Yeah it's that same just thing. Just the, the locker room with the girl putting on the bulletproof vest as yeah. the camera just pans past her and she's you know she's topless and, yeah. and, and no one cares everyone's sharing mm. the same locker room. Yeah. It's They're gender all... neutral. Yeah and I, I thought They're the cops. way that that mm. was done uh, was very interesting it was a long shot um, which yeah. panned through the bathroom. Uh, the bathroom. We saw like a couple of guys in the shower back there yeah. showering, and then you saw a guy in a towel walking through, and then you could do go past those two ladies, and one of them's topless as so she's putting on a bulletproof vest. Yeah. And it's all we're all police officers it, in yeah. in the same way that you have that in Starship Troopers. Yeah, I think he explored it even to a greater extent mm. in just that whole kind of it doesn't matter what gender you are we're all soldiers mm. or whatever, and they're all just showering together, and it's mm. not about sexualizing the yeah. nudity. It's just about I mean, they're just chatting. Yeah, exactly. And and there isn't really much sexualization of anything in this film. No, not really. I I think there was even a a point that Verhoeven wanted to do when scripting development is he wanted to possibly have a a love interest thing happening with Murphy and Lewis. Hmm. And he suggested that to the script writers and they sort of, they came back and they said, you know, it's not that sort of movie. It's you should, you should read these comic books and read this sort of stuff and you might get what we're going for. And he did. And he actually really liked it. And he said, that's, that's an absolutely great Hmm. choice. Because it's more about the, the journey, the arc of Murphy, you know, remembering his old life basically. Which is the whole base, the whole arc of the film for for him anyway for his yeah. character, yeah. and then also to feed into that um, androgyny as well. Uh, I think the fact that the, the, all the uh, women that were in the police force had quite short hair. Yeah, um, I, I just thought there was lots of nice little touches that were done, and they're all badasses. Yeah, yeah. and all, that's just it. They're kick-ass. Yeah, they're more manly than the other girl, women that are sort of you see as prostitutes and yeah, that yeah. Was great. with the bad guys and whatnot yeah. yeah actually yeah that that is the only time that we even bring in a sexualization is is uh when bob is with those two uh, lady friends yeah, of his two prostitutes uh, uh, the, 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 the uh, eponymous uh bitches leave scene um, <laughs> best line in the movie yeah is, and i just yeah. want to point out it's really jarring watching this film now realizing that that's the dad from that 70s show mm-hmm. that that's yeah. kurt the same Wimmer, actor. Is it? what's I, his name uh, i've kurt. got it jotted down here uh kurt wood smith kurt wood that's one oh, okay yeah. yeah the fact that it's the same guy is, is a writer yeah that's, yeah, yeah. It, it it's really 
just jarring seeing this character who's obviously now so well known for being this uptight dad yeah. in this thing just throwing grenades yeah. calling people mother effers yeah. you know um shooting people point blank with a shotgun all, all this kind of stuff um yeah. but he was great oh he's so good mm. he's a real sarcastic snarky mm. <laughs> like acting style and he's hilarious as well but he's really scary as well like you really believe that he is you know the the king of crime in Detroit at the time? Like he really sells it. It's, yeah. it's so good. He's scary. Yeah. yeah, I wouldn't really picture him as anything else. I haven't seen him in anything else. So hmm. it's, well, yeah. I mean, this this yeah. was a- excellent. And there's a lot of really good villains in this film. Like there's yeah. there's not yeah. many good guys. Like even to an extent, Officer Murphy is kind of just given agency because he got shot to death. Like, mm-hmm. like he, there was nothing about him that was yeah. special. They, they literally say we're waiting for the next poor sucker yeah. to turn into RoboCop. The, the only character that really, I, I think you could argue, has any sort of like heroic traits is Lewis, Lewis. yeah, yeah. Um, because she's going against um, uh, lots of people trying to like make that connection with RoboCop yeah. and making mm-hmm. him like, realize. No, don't. What did who, you say to him? Don't, yeah. yeah, don't bring it all back. Yeah, he um, doesn't need that. But yeah, I mean, uh, Bob. Even even though he he ends up being a victim of this like corporate power play when he gets blown up in his own apartment, um, he's still kind of a baddie. Like he's definitely not a good guy. No, he's no. seized an opportunity and he took it. It's classic like eighties corporation Wall Street type yeah. of stuff, which I think is just great. You know, yeah, like, yeah, it's like American it, Psycho sort yeah. of. You know, Climbing trying to lap, one up each lap. other. Yeah, mm. it's so good. Yeah, yeah, and it does make for good filmmaking. And then obviously uh, Ronnie Cox as Dick Jones. Oh, he's good. He's just great, I, I, and yeah, Coming just being such a nice guy and say mm. like Deliverance or you know mm. something like that, and then because this was his first bad guy role, mm. I, I believe, and um, I, th- I think he just relished in playing it, and he was so good at it yeah. that he did it again in Total Recall. You know, exactly, for, yeah, for Verhoeven later. On. Yeah, and he he was really great. I also really liked like when um, you had the characters of, of Dick Jones and Bob Morton when they're in that bathroom and they're having that argument. I really like the the physical power play he does of where he like touches his hair in an almost like yeah. sensual manner mm. and, and then grabs it. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's it's really interesting seeing that power play between those characters. Um just the acting yeah. style as well yeah. is just so heightened and and over the top like but really intense, you know, it's a bit it's a common trait with Verhoeven mm. the way he directs his actors, I think. And, you know, maybe David Lynch to an extent, you know, he gets really over the top, intense but true performances from his actors and they really work for those scenes in especially in this sort of movie. Which is, mm. you know, basically a comic book cop cop movie. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So yeah, it's I, I just love I love everyone's performance in all of this. It's all it's either really aggressive and as intense or really emotional if mm. it has to be. Mm. Yeah. And it does almost feel as though those performances have to be heightened to match the heightened world around them. Like, you know, oh, yeah. this, the, the the heightened gore, the fact that there's big explosions, there's big guns, like the fact mm. that RoboCop's gun is so big. Uh, yeah. partly a design thing because even a large like Desert Eagle Magnum looked quite small. That was because yeah. they they wanted to use that for yeah. his gun that silver desert eagle mm. and um mm. they still said it looked too small in robocop's oh. hands so mm. they dressed up a beretta or yeah. something but, like but that. this whole world is like heightened and and um just uh exaggerated everything yeah. is very exaggerated mm. and i think that the fact that the performances match that oh it's is, perfect for the great. time yeah. it's yeah it just works so well you know it's hard mm. to get that right the hoven's very talented guy mm. now i do have a question and I'm going to ask you both. I, I, I want you to give an honest answer. 
And I'll start with you, Jess. Okay. I think I know where this is going. Do you think Robocop is actually a good police officer? Well, I don't know. Mm. Of course he is. I didn't get a lot of backstory. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you think, he... is Murphy a good police officer? No, Mur- Murphy, the, uh, not Murphy, Robocop. Like, it, not in terms of being a good guy or a yeah, bad yeah. guy. Are they actually a good police officer? I don't think he go. I don't think it's the sort of movie where the, where you kind of can make that judgment because they don't go mm. that far into you know the police procedural type stuff mm. where it's like is he good at his job? I mean he he seems to just find the bad guys or they find him mm. and yeah. that's that. But I think maybe in reference to that scene where the the two crazy guys are trying to attempt to rape that uh, woman in the alleyway yeah. and then RoboCop comes up and, uh, you know, shoots one of them in the balls mm. through her, under her skirt, which is awesome. Mm. And then she comes up to him and tries to hug him and go, thank you for saving me. And he just doesn't even hug. He just looks at her and goes, you know, I can refer you to a rape crisis centre. Thank you. Mm. And walks, you know, that from that side of it, it's showing that, you know, he's good physically at doing what he's apprehending criminals and stuff. But mm. when it comes to that, you know, that human touch that, you know, you could argue all cops should have when dealing with any kind of situation, you know, domestic or whatever, uh, it's kind of essential. And I think they made a point of showing that no, he's, he's not that sort of cop. Mm. He's just physically there to take out the trash. Mm. Yeah, I would almost agree with that but it's almost to say that are the people that programmed him good cops are they cops at all because mm. yes, that's right what's because they're programming their ideals into him i think they were more in it for the prize than they were for the actual ridding of crime yeah. in detroit i think they actually were just more about getting their project up especially miguel ferrer you know mm. rest in peace who just yeah nailed that nailed that role as mm. far as his you could see his motivations he was mm. he was more about just climbing the ladder mm. like you said and that was more important to him than actually maybe combating crime and getting the stats down and that sort of thing yeah. I, I just think it's it, it's an interesting thing to look at but because obviously as we uh, progress further into uh, this this century and we're incorporating more technology into different areas of society looking at it just as a concept of having something that is uh, robotic or cybernetic that's involved yeah. in policing. I, I think this film doesn't necessarily do a good example of what that might look like because Robocop, I feel, is very much um, the cause of a lot of issues by being uh, essentially an invincible police officer. You essentially set the challenge of see if you can take this guy out. Mm. You know, you end up yeah. with four guys with like military grade. Uh, rocket snipers <laughs> yeah. running around and blowing things up just to try and take him out and it doesn't work and it, it yeah, yeah I, it's just a really interesting thing where Robocop um, just sort of invites this this chaos around him no yeah, yeah. I think you're absolutely right and they, I don't think the filmmakers were kind of concerned <laughs> no with, I don't think so either. No. at all they just wanted to mm. um, have a good time and yeah. have a fun mm. ride you know but uh, yeah definitely interesting point yeah I think if it, was, if it was done now it would be done better yeah well, well, well they, 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 they did, did it they did three it years 2014. ago yeah. yeah and was and it done better I, look possibly I didn't really like it mm. at all the remake um I liked the revealing of how damaged the character of Murphy was. That was the only scene where I thought, that's pretty cool. But mm. um, apart from that, I mean, it's all dumbed down, kind of 
child politics, basically. And, yeah. you, you yeah. know, I mean, they probably did explore those themes more. I just didn't take notice because I wasn't having fun. And that that's the mm. that's why I love the original so much. It's just mm. so much damn fun. And it is a fun film. And, um, you know, once you get through that sequence where Officer Murphy is shot to death, and that's a really oh, nice horrific. and horrific sequence. Yeah. Um, I also think some of the little touches they did, like uh, the fact that the uh, paramedics that are taking him through to the hospital were actual paramedics yeah. that they hired to come in. So they didn't. They couldn't even write. They just said, yeah. Look, go for it. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah, they brought in actual paramedics, and that's why that feels so effective, because that's what it's actually like. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, uh, lo- I love how that the actual going back to the shooting of Murphy, mm. how kind of how grossly violent it is. And it's scary. I mean, there's no music, there's no score. Mm. It's just like. This guy, you know, he's got mm-hmm. the guns pointed at him. They've got his boot in his arm, and he's just playing around with him with the gun, you know, pointing at his body parts, going, you know, like it's it's so menacing and blowing his hand off. And I mean, the Paul Verhoeven himself has said, you know, I just wanted the kill, the crucifixion of Christ. You know, that's that's how what they wanted to be. So the resurrection is so much better. I'm trying to do his accent. That's how he talked. But, um, you know, that, that was the idea, that he wanted the crucifixion to be so brutal that the resurrection is so much more impactful when he does come back. And mm. so blowing off of the hand and then just blowing off his arm and mm. then finally mm. the shot to the head all in one shot using, you know, like a very good-looking puppet of the character of Murphy, yeah. which holds up even today. I think it looks great, you know. Mm. Um, yeah, anyway, just, yeah loved it but yeah so brutal and so effective and then the rebuilding sequence as well Jess like where we see everything from Murphy's perspective I, I thought was really interesting mm. how you see like this the from from when he dies on the uh, operating table to all these things of him being rebooted with the scientists and you see like a progression of time because we have New Year's yeah and things and things like that um what did you think of that sequence I thought it was really interesting just the way they were tweaking him and getting him ready, but he didn't really know. It was almost like a rebirth sequence, mm. like creating this thing and it doesn't even know what it is. And, you know, if your doctors were talking about, should we replace your arm? Oh, this arm would be better. Let's let's just take his other arm. Mm. You'd have something to say about that yeah. if you could. So it's... It's showing that he doesn't have a choice mm. in the matter. Yeah, and I think yeah. that's obviously very important for his later, um, his personal crisis. Mm. You know, when when it gets through to him that no, you were somebody before. You're not just a robot. Um, a couple of other notes as we've taken notes as we went. Uh, the leg holster remains pretty much the coolest thing about RoboCop. The... I've always loved it, even as a kid. I just mm. wanted to be able to do that, but that would be very bad for my leg yes it's super cool <laughs> but it would, it's so cool isn't yeah it? it's yeah. just cool yeah and that yeah that's yeah. what i love about this movie mm. and All incorporating the, cool the pistol spin mm. as a character trait from murphy before uh, he undergoes the procedure but then still having it as something that robocop does i thought was a really clever way of having something cool in there but not needless actually meaningful yeah. it alerts yeah. murphy uh lewis to oh this is possibly Murphy in there and mm. yeah it's just a great you know great script writing yeah. moment you know and it's a good link to his past as well yeah. oh, it's, mm. so, it's just so. like you say really cool mm. yeah, yeah and stuff. There, there is a lot of, of care which has gone into this film I did want to touch on the hostage scene uh, just yeah because that's that's when uh, Robocop essentially makes his 
announcement to the world that he is here by going in and saving the guy who's holding the mayor hostage. A couple of things. Uh, first of all, the hostage negotiator talking to um, <laughs> the, the I think it was Miller was the oh, guy's yeah, name or yeah, so. the guy who'd taken uh, the mayor hostage. Yeah. And they're talking about what type of car. It's like <laughs> I don't know, a big one, really terrible mileage, yeah, a fast <laughs> car, with terrible mileage. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, and I, I just really like that because it did really feel like the. I actually felt quite sorry for the hostage taker, which I don't <laughs> think I was meant to. But it was almost as though, in, in a similar way, a few uh, episodes back we did Fight Club. Yeah. And, you know, Fight Club very much is one of those films where it's like, oh yeah, capitalism is definitely it's the enemy bad. of this film. Yeah. And that is a real undertone throughout this film where it does feel like certain characters are just trapped in this system they can't get out of. Yeah. Um,. And, you know, he's still obviously uh, a bad character because he takes people hostage and does kill someone um, mm. in yeah. that in that sequence. But it was also quite funny. Yeah. Yeah. That's the, the humour in this movie is mm. um, on another level, I think. And that's, mm. you know, and I think the reason for some of the extreme violence is um, almost to that level where it's so violent that it becomes comical mm. and you kind of laugh. I mean, we were laughing at the... You know the big gory moments because mm. it was so extreme, and yeah, I mean the best moment is of course the board the boardroom where mm. poor Kinney gets shot by Ed Two O Nine, yeah, and just and even while he's dead on the thing keeps shooting him and yeah. these squibs are going off <laughs> on him, and then someone goes, someone get a goddamn paramedic, mm. and it's like, you know, totally <clears throat> a worthless gesture, but that's what makes that joke land yeah, because and, it's so violent and, it's clearly not getting up yeah and then the fact that it follows up with the president of the company going I'm very disappointed I'm very in disappointed. you dick <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it was just a glitch sorry a yeah. glitch <laughs> it, it, yeah, yeah I mean that it just makes those you know bits of humour so much better yeah well know. it's dark comedy isn't uh, it yeah, so, yeah. It, it yeah. Is. I think the second one tries to push you know pr- tries to push it a bit as well but it just doesn't do it as well Mm. still entertaining enough yeah Yeah. Uh, so we have the dream where where Robocop starts to have memories coming back and very specifically his memories of his death yeah Um, which is um, a very it's interesting the way they show it by showing it through the equipment I thought was interesting like the seismograph and then those images appearing on some of the screens I'm amazed that woman didn't notice it. Yeah, she's yeah. She's right there. She's just, she's, yeah, she's eating a fast food. You know, the other guys yeah. in the paper going, huh, this thing. Oh, yeah. we're well, going to go on holiday there. <laughs> they yeah. have one job. Yeah. 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 Look at the dream. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, but it's a it's a good sequence. Mm. It is. It's really good. Mm. Um, it's, it begins the whole, it's like a, almost like addressing PTSD kind of, you know, issues about, you know, trying to remember what happened and, yeah, so good and so effective. Just cut the cutting back and forth from mm. Robocop and then to his point of view in the dream, seeing his mm. wife. Yeah, just really effective, simple filmmaking techniques. Mm. No, no special. It's all in the cutting and the shooting and it's just all visuals and it, and it completely sets up what this whole movie is about. Mm, it's yeah, incredibly really futuristic good. as well, having someone yeah. projecting you, your you dreams your dream. on a screen. Yeah, you know. it's a nice little... Yeah, futuristic touch there. So, in in a film that has so many great visual sequences, is there one that stands out having just watched it? Uh, I'll probably start with you, Jago, as you're the, yeah. the big fan. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Uh, yeah, well, look, um, it's, it's so many, like you know, it's got so many great little just moments of stuff. I mean, one of them is just the bit when uh, Lewis is kind of creeping up on one of the gang in the warehouse. This is all before Murphy gets shot and he's having a pee mm. and he's just peeing in the corner, whistling, you know, and uh, she comes up to him and you see her point of view and you see, you know, the pee stream, you mm. know, and then she's like, breeze. And then the pee stream just stops dead. <laughs> that's some impressive control. I mean, uh, that's, that's really funny to yeah. me. One of two urine kind of gags in this movie. Mm. Um, you know, the other one in the in the boardroom toilet where, mm. um, you know, they realise that um, Dick Jones is in the, in the cubicle while they're talking about him. And he comes out and the other guy's just like, okay, you got to go, and zips up and they just piss all over his pants and <laughs> walks out. So anyway, just things like that really mm. uh, stick out, just visual gags mm. um, that no other director would really go for, I don't think, um, mm. and and make it work. So yeah, mm. um, that's uh, one of them. Okay. And Jess, mm. was, that, was there a particular sequence or scene that stood out for you? I really liked the, um, I forget his name now, but the guy getting submerged in toxic waste and melting. Yeah. yeah. Then the way he just gets hit by a car and ends up being soup. Yeah. It's just so over the top. Mm, yeah. And it's, it's... Unbelievable. It's... Oh, you can't help but cringe. Yeah, it's, and the special effects are just wonderful. It's like, so I, good. I don't know if that's even possible, but mm. it's just brilliant to watch. Yeah, he's yeah. like the toxic Avenger, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Going crazy. This poor guy. <laughs> Yeah, love <laughs> the noise he makes. It's so like it's heartbreaking. Like, mm. it was, oh god, yeah, it's so great. It's so satisfying though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah and for, for me, I mean, I really like the the uh, petrol station sequence. Um, mm. Oh yeah, the first with the guy on the motorbike. Yeah, yeah. yeah where, where before he becomes before toxic he becomes soup Tati boy, Avenger, um, yeah. when he's just there and he's. Um, you know, it's so obvious as soon as he pulls up to a petrol station, he's like, this thing's going to blow up in the next five minutes. Oh, yeah. And it does. Yes. Um, but but it's still done really well. Like, mm. it's kind of like, it's a classic petrol station blowing up sequence. Um, like, even the, the the guy who's studying his plane geometry book very quickly getting out of there because he knows it's blowing up. Oh, yeah. It's like everyone knows exactly what's going to happen in this scene. <laughs> that, that character <laughs> apparently was a... A reference to Paul Verhoeven himself. Mm. They, that was based on him when he was in college. He studied maths, and mm. you know. Anyway, they made that character like a young Paul Verhoeven, which yeah. I thought was pretty funny. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, in researching for this film, I had a quick dig through uh, IMDb's trivia section. So uh, I've pulled up a couple of fun uh, things from the trivia troll. Uh, one of which was that um, when in the full RoboCop costume, Peter Weller. Uh, who played Robocop, could not fit properly in the police car because he was too bulky. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's why most of the shots of him um, when he's with the car either show him exiting the car or about to get in it. You never actually see yeah. him get in or out of the car properly. Um, for the shots where he was in the car, he only wore the top half of the costume and was sat in there in his underwear. <laughs> and that's just a very pleasing mental image. I, of think, that, yeah. <laughs> oh. I think that was the same as well when he's walking down into that great, 80s club scene mm. you know where he's walking down the stairs apparently he couldn't see a thing and he was just wearing his his undies basically because he didn't need it for the shot mm. and um yeah but he nearly fell over and died in that scene because yeah. he can't see a thing when he's looking down yeah and i, I fully kind of understand that yeah. one because it it doesn't 
it doesn't look like the most mobile of suits. No. no. Well, Peter Weller was quite annoyed when he first got into it, which took 11 hours. Mm. I mean, seriously, oh that's that's commitment. I mean, to just as far as adjusting it, getting it right. Mm. And he'd been doing all these mime classes and movement stuff before he got in the suit. When he finally got in it, he was just like, he was really annoyed because mm. he, he couldn't do half the stuff that he wanted to. So he had to rethink all of that stuff again and... Uh, which he did brilliantly. I mean, mm. his his movements and you know non-verbals are just so work so well for this yeah. for for that mm. obvious um, hurdle that he had. So yeah, and it, I think I think Peter Weller's performance is pretty incredible because it'd be very easy to get Robocop very wrong, given that this is a character that doesn't really yeah. emote. Um, I nearly wanted Schwarzenegger for it. Yeah, yeah, but although he would have mm. really struggled to fit in the suit. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, that was the thing. I think that was one of the reasons mm. that Weller got it, because mm. he was uh, such a slim guy mm. at the time, and he had a strong jawline. Yeah, and I think, you know, that is the hardest working chin in this film. Like, that, <laughs> whole, that whole face and uh, what a chin. is incredible. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I can see why he got it. Yeah. And it's interesting you make the Schwarzenegger comparison, because this film is obviously three years after Terminator. Yes, that's mm. right. Um, kind of got made because of the success of Terminator. Exactly. Yeah. Terminator was a bit of a sleeper hit. Um, people went, ah, oh, kids really like these science yeah. fiction cyborg things. Mm. And the script for Robocop had been floating around since the start yeah, of the 80s. And tossed in the garbage. Yeah. Many um, times. Yeah, so that that was why it finally got picked up. I think Terminator, it's it's a hard one. They're not the same films. Mm. I think uh, Terminator was um, such an achievement just because of the basic idea behind it, you know, travelling back in time to save... Um, someone that hasn't been born yet because they're the leader of the future war and you know and just the just the idea of that and just this concept of a robot that just keeps on coming and it's you know your worst nightmare and then directed with um you know absolute you know genius by cameron you know who mm. was just you know it was his first major film after you know piranha 2 spawn mm. of the whatever and um yeah it it's just a it's just a different movie compared i don't know i think robocop is just having a lot more fun with its subject matter mm. and it's um it's probably it's definitely more visceral uh it's it's more adult it's more tongue in cheek mm. and I don't know. It'd be I'd be hard to pick a favorite, but just to say what is the better film? It, it's not so much a case of the best of the film, just more how it stacks up. Because obviously in Terminator, it's the big bad machine is coming to get you. In Robocop, yeah. mm. the big Mac machine is trying to save you. One of the things that stuck out for me with this film the most is the godlike pain and endurance threshold that these people have in this film. The mm. how many times was Robocop shot? Uh, just a lot <laughs> and then he's shot yeah. in the head and he still survives long enough to die in mm. the hospital <laughs> it, what you yeah. know there's yeah. there's not his innards, innards would have been soup at mm. that point yeah. so badass future cops they can take it it's mm. pretty impressive the yeah. survivability of these people in yeah this I mean world. you know Lewis gets to, you know takes a couple in the chest at the end and you know she's alright but yeah. like she says I'm a mess yeah. but She's, you know, she's, she yeah. survives for she's the sequel. Still, she she still blows up a building. Yeah. You know, it's all, well, well done. Yeah. Uh, it, it, and, and certainly uh, Clarence as well. He's quite endurable considering he gets the crap kicked out of him by Robocop while he's reading him his Miranda rights, which I think is a really it's great really sequence yeah. as well. Yeah. And when they um, when they were releasing this film, they showed a te- like a pre-screening to some police officers to see whether or not... Because they were yeah, a bit worried about, about how the police would perceive this film. Okay. They loved that scene. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, they were like, we wish yeah, we could do done. that with some scumbags. <laughs> just throw them through windows going, you have the right to remain. Yeah. 
silent. <laughs> <laughs> Relieve some stress. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's it. I mean, it is a good fun film. Mm. Um, yeah, that still holds up, and it, it does hold up. I, even the uh, stop motion for uh, Ed Two O Nine, which which obviously it it is jarring looking it's, at it's that. It's dated, but um, but it's still effective. Oh, like you, you're not looking can... at it going, this is unwatchable. Yeah, no, well, you can appreciate the the artistry that's gone into it by mm. Phil Tippett, the you know the stop motion extraordinaire mm. at, at the time, who has made been made completely obsolete now, even probably by the end of or well, the beginning of the nineties. So, just just watching that work, it's it's mm. like it's great art. Mm. You know, it's it's really good. Yeah. Um, it's fun to watch. Yeah, you know, CGI might look better. You know, um, if you're going to compare the two as for, for realism, mm. but. This Ed 209 stop motion has great character, especially when he's trying to go down the steps mm. at yeah. that point, and he's yeah. like a baby. You he's know, got when the a baby's trying to problem. Mm. Exactly, he's like, <laughs> love that. Yeah. Yeah. The tiger when he's stalking yeah. things. Yeah. Oh, it's, yeah, but that sort of animation stuff. is what you'd expect in those sort of films, mm. like yeah. the older films these days. Yeah, it, look, it still looks great. I think. Yeah. Um, but yeah, more I more appreciate just the the work that goes has gone behind it because mm. that's how you did it really back good. then. Really good. Yeah. Another fun bit of information from the Trivia Troll. In Sacramento, California, a robbery suspect fled into a darker movie theatre to escape the police, but became so engrossed with seeing Robocop, which was airing at the, <laughs> uh, being screened at the time, that he failed to notice the police had evacuated everyone else from the theatre. And then when the lights flipped on, it, he, uh, he was quite stunned as he was taken <laughs> yeah, no. into custody. <laughs> I really like the fact that Robocop has actually helped with an actual arrest. Yeah, it's it's actually preventing crime. Yeah. Outstanding. It's, oh, that's right. Yeah. And to the extent where, obviously, uh, 25 years after the film, there was an internet rumour that they were going to get funding to build a Robocop statue in the city yes, of Detroit. I heard about this. Peter Weller himself created a, a public service announcement to support it, and eventually a Kickstarter was created and successful, and a 12-foot statue is currently in production. I've oh, looked that up. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And it looks good. It's like a massive... 10 foot tall bronze statue yeah. which hasn't they haven't found a location for it yet which mm. is appropriate I think they're still in talks yeah. with like the mayor and all that sort of stuff but my god that'd be great something great to google mm. earth you know and see it there oh they should put it outside the police station oh it's so cool <laughs> yeah you know, just shows that um, you know they, they can look at something and have you know have a bit of a laugh obviously it's a fictional thing but it does stand for so much especially in Detroit you know mm. which is a character basically of of this film series uh, it certainly is even though obviously in this first film the only shot of detroit is that opening shot that's which stock, is stock, stock footage, footage. Yeah. yeah the rest of it was shot in dallas yeah. in texas um but yeah you're right and i think i think it it does signify the impact that robocop as a character and as a concept has had so um i think all that's really left is to score the film uh so when we finish we tend to score the film we try and give it a rating out of 10 Whilst we're aware that not all films are created equal and scoring systems are <laughs> fundamentally flawed, we do it anyway because it's fun. So, uh, Jess, this was your first time viewing the film? Yeah. Uh, what would you give Robocop out of ten? Probably an eight. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it was really, really good. Really enjoyable. Cool. Mm. Okay. Uh, Jago is the the big fan of this film? Oh, ten out of ten, hands down. I mean, it's it's... That's probably a lot of nostalgia has got to do with that, you know. I've loved this film for many years, and um, it just feels like home just watching it, mm. you know. So I think I'm a bit biased there, but uh, no, I'll happily stand by that because it actually is a really well crafted movie, which um, 
you know, I can take many things from in my own directorial efforts still because it it, it all holds up mm. for me. So, yeah, uh, 10 Toxic Avenger Soup Men out mm. of 10. <laughs> and for me, um, I I really enjoyed it. Um, it's it's When's the last time you saw it? Oh, I was, I think, 14 last time I saw it. Oh, like, wow. It's been a long time. Yeah, yeah. And I enjoyed it then, yeah. and I think I enjoyed it pretty much the same amount now. Mm. Um, it's technically still a very good film, um, but I, I think there's a certain... I think there's a certain lack of... Um, there's a lack of something in the in the script that that doesn't quite put it into the top echelon of films. Today. Yeah, and it's 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 almost undefinable. I think it's partly because it is a fun romp, and whilst fun romps are great, sometimes they lack a bit of substance. Um, it's still a wonderful film, though. Uh, for me, I would. I'm I'm gonna give it seven and a half cocaine coated bitches out of ten. <laughs> um, Can you say that? I I think I just did. Look, Good if the dad from that seventy show can say it, yeah, then, then I think I can. Um, excellent. So that that's uh, everything for today. So uh, Luke and Jess, thank you very much for coming on the show. Thank Absolute you. Absolute pleasure. And uh, for those of you listening at home, uh, thank you very much for downloading. Uh, make sure that you uh, follow us on Facebook. Just search for the Cinema Catchup Club, where new episodes are posted every week. And you can also subscribe to us on iTunes and on SoundCloud but that's all for this episode so until next week see you later creep <laughs> <laughs>